0: Hello, Nathan Foster here. Welcome once again to the Renovari Weekly Podcast. Today we get to talk about something a little different. We get to talk about play. Play is a spiritual discipline, particularly the practice of coloring. So, my guest this week is Adele Cahoon. You may know Adele from her book, The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. She wrote another one titled Invitations from God. Accepting God's Offer to Rest, Weep, Forgive, Wait, Remember, and More. And in this uh, interview, we talk about a recent project she's been involved with, a coloring book. Uh, so, as always, thank you for listening and enjoy. Adele, how are you? you oh, to- wait, great. did I say your name right? It's Adele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: But, you know, I'm not the Adele that doesn't have a last name.
0: You have a last name, Calhoun, is (laughs) (laughs) it? She's a good singer, though. You like, do you like?
1: Yeah, I wish I was just Adele. (laughs) So you could say Adele and everybody knew who I was.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's convenient. But if you're going to have the same name as someone, I think you did pretty good.
1: Yeah, well, and mine came first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yours came first, sure. (laughs) Um, We get to talk about coloring books today, yes? Yes, you've you've there written, we go. you've written with two of them. I have. Yes, and and can you tell us a little bit about uh, the books and and why you came to do that?
1: So, spiritual practices and rhythms have been so central to my own journey of faith, and you know we don't make a journey without spiritual rhythms. But I have this heart for. People who find it really hard to sit still, and the minute you start saying something about,
2: you know,
1: sit still and do centering prayer or meditate on a Bible verse, and they feel like their mind goes in 6,000 directions, and they can't sit still, and they just get agitated, and they feel like, I'm a bad Christian. I can't even sit with a Bible verse and pay attention. Mm. I, I have ADD and ADHD, and, you know, I can't be still. And I know for myself that I often pay attention best when my hands are busy. And so if I'm knitting or crocheting or doing something, I actually focus better. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so I thought um, when my editor called and said, you know, we're thinking about a coloring book. Would you think about the spiritual practices? I was like, I'm all over that because (laughs) I know for some people to be given just a very short here's the way to be present to God and now color. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They can do that. It will help them focus. It will keep them in in a prayerful uh, place, an open space. And I just wanted to put something out there that would help people who need that kind of help do it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Real artists. I mean, I think the illustrations in both the coloring books are amazing. Mm -hmm. The artists are amazing. Um, but if you're if you're a really gifted artist you may not want to do a coloring book. <laughs> but most of us aren't really gifted artists and so um I just took the coloring book with me on vacation and we laid it on the counter and everybody just kept adding to the picture.
0: Oh, like a group working. Like a group. It. Uh-huh.
1: And um I when I when I go to the doctor's office and I've begun to see coloring books showing up in places waiting rooms. Uh-huh. And people just keep adding to them. And I think you know it's just – it is sort of a, a lovely process. And if you're a parent and a kid has a coloring book, here's a way for you to be with them or um, have them be a little bit reflective in their coloring too.
0: So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm nice.
1: just hopeful that since it's the wave, it catches the wave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because I, I was at Barnes & Noble the other day, and there's just a whole – Spread a coloring book, so adults are into coloring now, huh?
1: <laughs> well, and it, it's supposed to lower your stress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, so anything that helps people lower stress at this point can be a good, a bonus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and you've laid this the the, the latest one, coloring the Psalms. You've laid this out very nicely in in terms of. Um, you know, section on meditation and then prayer and, and worship, and then you give us verse and a little reflection to work with. Um, and what is your hope in terms of how people would use uh, the the coloring and the the verse?
1: I think what I hope most is that they'll they'll be drawn to a picture, you know, and the picture that then they can look at the. There's less than two hundred words on each page. Okay. So that's not a lot to read. <laughs> <laughs> and that that verse somehow can um, they can maybe read it a couple times, let it settle into their psyche, their soul, and then as they read it, uh, as they color, they can begin to let that unfold. Listen around the verse. Is there an invitation in the verse to them? Is there an invitation to pray for people? Is there a way they would like to respond to God? And just to do it while they're coloring. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's good. And talk a little bit about our obsession with doing things right and how we okay. can take that into coloring. Um,
1: well, I love that the uh, cover of the coloring book, you see that all of the little things you can color aren't colored in.
2: <laughs> right. You,
1: know, you don't have to color the whole there are ways in, in which the empty spaces say things mm-hmm. just as well as the colored spaces.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, this sense of, well, I don't have to color every space, um, that the image is here really to work on my soul and in my heart. And so, it's not about what this looks like at the end. There may even be a sense that at some point you're. Um, Using the black crayon and saying, you know, I'm, I'm mad about this or I'm in pain about this. And so it doesn't need to look like you're uh, coloring a picture that's going to be framed. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the pictures, the illustrations are good enough to be framed. You know, they're beautiful. Sure. Um, but it could be just an expression of where you are in the moment. Mm-hmm, no, mm-hmm. let it be messy. If you're messy, let it be messy. <laughs> let it be truthful. Let it be authentically you. It's not about trying to do something for somebody else.
0: Right. And, and am I correct in saying the point is not to color picture? The the point's to yes. be present before God. That's and right. See what happens, huh? That's right. Experiment. <laughs> be open. <laughs> so when my kids were, were little, they would color and um, often would want me to color with them. And with great reluctance, I would, you know, do this. And um, I was really bad at it. And my kids would pick up on that of how awful my coloring was, you know. And I was a little embarrassed. But here's something I noticed quickly is it helped set them free to just color and play. And, you know, here's a dad who's awful at this. And and who cares? We're having fun and we're together.
1: Well, and the word play is perfect. Play with God.
0: Yes, yes.
1: (laughs) And God will delight in the fact that you want to be present and you want to be open, even if it's a struggle to sit still.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, I like that because we are very much a society that struggles with that and to sit down and to prayerfully move our hands, right? And create something.
1: Besides, just folding our hands, use our hands.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And
1: there's a great metaphor there, isn't there? mm. Use your hands to create something beautiful for God, whether it's on a piece of paper or in your life. Mm.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. I I heard of a kid once at a summer camp who was finishing a prayer, and he finished it by saying, uh, in your name we play. Amen.
2: Yes,
1: I love that. We could do more of that as believers that God is a God of joy. Let's place some more.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting because when, um, when you look at creation and created order, um, sometimes I, I think, oh, why did you put that color there? It's so
1: playful. <laughs> That's right. So playful.
0: The, the other thing I noticed, and this, I think, ties in with coloring, is if you look at a forest, um, it's so chaotic in, in, in terms of its, when we do you know, gardening or landscaping, we have everything ordered and structured and we measure how far to put this mm-hmm. and that. But a forest is just chaos, but somehow it works. Um, and, and, and I wonder if, if, if in terms of us diving into creative efforts, like coloring, uh, not being so consumed with making sure everything's ordered, um, but let what comes out comes out.
1: Well, what you make me think of is the, the chaos in the forest. It lives. It's a it's a living, messy, chaotic living. And so, does that free us up to live mm. our messy, chaotic, our color our messy, chaotic? <laughs> but the important part is that we're not asleep
0: to it, that we're awake to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh, can I tell you about a practice I've started? Sure. Um, So I, uh, when I'm working with a verse, uh, I I have a book that I write it out and then I have uh, these really cool colored mechanical pencils. Mm -hmm. And then I doodle around the verse and create pictures um, while I'm, you know, just saying it slowly working, maybe a word sticks out and then I color around it, and um, it, I mean it's it's one of those things, you know, artistically, it's just kinda weird and there's nothing skill to it, but I, I've, I've found it so helpful um, and I find that I'm eager to do it, I'm eager to sit and doodle. This is one of the things I really like about spiritual disciplines, is that we can work with them in, in our own way, and each person kind of finding um, things that are unique to them that help put us before God. Um,
1: I, I agree. There's no one generic spiritual practice that will be the silver bullet that fixes everybody's spiritual life. You know, we would all just do this kind of prayer, this kind of Bible reading, this kind of study, this kind of discipleship. And I think when we narrow it down like that, that's when people feel like failures mm. do it. What's wrong with me.
2: Mm-hmm. But when
1: they see that there are so many ways to be with God, as many ways to be with God as there are human beings. here, <laughs> You know, think about the way you're with children or with friends. You're never the same. Mm. Relationship is always growing and changing and you change the way you interact with people or the relationship stops
2: mm. growing. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I just, that there's this. I didn't grow up knowing there were lots of ways to be with God, and it's been really essential to my growth.
0: Hmm. Well, do do you find that it immobilizes people when they're unable to kind of find life in doing a practice a specific way that others have that then they just kind of quit?
1: Well, as a spiritual director, I often find that people are trying so hard to do something that doesn't fit either their age their stage the messiness of their life at the moment but they feel like that's the if they want to meet with god that is what they have to do they have to get up at 5 30 before everything happens they have to you know and Mm -hmm. it could be so demotivating in Mm -hmm. a way Mm -hmm. frustrating to them and so rather than being able to say i can experience god in the mess of my life I'm, I'm I'm trying to fit God into this one place where it, it won't go but I, that's what they tell me I have to do' just so like hmm. where do you want to be with God how do you want to be with God mm-hmm. what is god most present to you when do you feel like well when I'm putting my kid to bed um look you know well then let's expand that moment it's about <laughs> the god moment you know
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good. And I do I mean, there there is a piece where God will lead us into practices that we don't necessarily like or um that are painful. Um I I personally for me, I, I like to just kind of ask, you know, what might you have for me in this next week or month? Uh and then listen and, and I find a, a nice blend of things that are like my doodling, <laughs> uh and then you know, things that push and stretch me in ways and having a blend of these feels real helpful.
1: And sometimes, at least in my experience, the things that push us, the things that are hard, come out of what is going on in our life. Mm -hmm. So because of this crisis that is happening, I need to find a way of being with God Mm -hmm. that helps me um, not just constantly live in anger or fear or frustration.
2: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so
1: that may push me to a practice that I've never done or that is difficult for or I think uh, temperaments play into it too so I'm I would say I'm at home in the the melancholy at home in suffering and you know let's just dive deep and find (laughs) all the meaning in life and so gratitude celebration Mm. those are all just counter sort of temperament, but without them, I'm like this really serious,
2: mm-hmm.
1: weighty <laughs> person that's not very fun at all. So, um, I mean, those practices for many people are just so simple, you know, mm-hmm. being grateful, celebrating. But for me, that's a, a real intention
2: to, mm-hmm.
1: to the places of celebration and joy. Well, for us. Up- for others to go to the place of being in solidarity with Jesus' suffering is really hard. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> okay, so as as we were talking, so people, actually people have asked me, so I'll just say, it. people have asked how I do the podcast. So I do it over Skype, and then but only record the audio so I can see the person that I'm interviewing. And, and when we first got on the call, uh, when, when Adele and I did, I noticed some of her paintings and then found out she is an icon painter. So, could you tell us a little bit about about that
1: iconography? So, for years I've looked at icons. You know, they're flat. They're pictures of the saints and people in the Bible, and I was like, those aren't very pretty. They're not compelling. You know, what's the big deal about icons? But I don't. I don't know. Somehow, I began to look at icons more and more. Mm -hmm. They were just, you know, what is so amazing about icons? And I began to see, well, I think I have something to learn about icons. Because if I was studying any other art, you know, if you're, if you like Van Gogh, you read about Van Gogh, you read about the impressionists. Mm -hmm. You read about, because that can also be a way of entering into appreciation. So I started reading about icons. and, and I did some reading about Orthodox Christianity, and I felt the the loveliness. They're they're very much incarnational in their way of looking at faith. How do you embody it? How do you live it? What is the? Do people see the presence of Christ in you? And these icons are simply people who lived so in the presence of Christ that everybody knew Jesus was in them. Hmm. So I I thought, well, oh, you know. I'm interested enough that I'm going to go take a a class. And so I went online and I found that there were week-long classes that you could take in iconography. And they were the iconography courses I took um, have largely been Byzantine or Russian Orthodox. The major disciplines of iconography are prayer, theology, And art. And these are three of my just favorite things in the whole world. And I thought, you know, I get to spend 16 hours a day with prayer, theology, and art. What could be sweeter?
0: So it was a class specifically on painting icon, iconology. Painting an icon. You paint one icon and you are in
1: the studio, like like I said, 16, 17 hours a day. I mean, it's a major endeavor.
2: Hmm.
1: And you do it with all natural pigments that are ground from rocks and earth and egg temperate painted the way they did it millennia ago and luke according to legend is the first iconographer who painted mary and jesus that was his mm-hmm. legacy but it, early on the church started painting icons you have the painting of saints in the um catacomb you know mm-hmm. this this sense of these are who these people are I'm not going to give you the history of iconography, but um, I'll tell you one story from the first class because it, uh, painting an icon is not um, an exercise in artistic ability, hmm. it is an exercise in prayer. And so we spent time every day praying. We learned all the theology that went with the saint, the person we were painting. The first person I painted was John the Baptist, all the stories about John the Baptist, what the icon was going to say about John the Baptist. And it's all wonderful, beautiful orthodox theology. And then the last day, I dropped a drop of water on the icon and it ate all through the layers of paint that I put on Ooh. and all the way down to the white gesso board. Okay. And so I made a mess. You know, it was about the size of the head of a pin It wasn't very big, but it it was white and it was very visible. And I thought, well, that's pretty small. I think I can repair that. Mm -hmm. If I just mix all the paints, you know, so I went back and mixed some of the paints that I made before and tried to fix it. I made it worse. I tried to fix it again. I made it worse. And finally, I was like, well, I've really made it worse. So I took the icon up to the teacher who's been in the room all the time and I said, I dropped a drop of water on my icon and he looked at me with a very thick Russian accent. And he said, and you didn't leave it alone.
2: Mm.
1: I said, no, I tried to fix it. And he said, how long have you been painting icons? Do you know anything about repairing icons? It takes years for people to learn how to repair icons. I'm like, uh, no, I don't know how to repair an icon. Would you help me? And he said, I'll help you later. Go sit down and finish these. So I went, sat down. And then he got up and went around. There were probably 14 people in the class. And he helped everybody but me. <laughs> he walked right past my desk and watched me. And so after he sat down, I was like, what was that? He helped me. So I got up and I went back up to him and I said, um, is now a good time? Will you help me now? Mm-hmm. I've been very patient. And he said, no, I've been very patient. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you have. Yes, you have. And then he took out all kinds of materials that we hadn't used and he repaired my icon. Okay. I went and sat down and I thought, you know, these, these teachers do everything for a reason. They're, they they spiritually direct you in a mm. sense. And I, he said, go back and pray. And I went back and prayed. And I thought, this is the way I do my life. Mm. I make a little mess. And I think I can fix it. If I just take a little bit, of, I know how to fix this. And I make a bigger mess. Mm. And all the time, the master is in the room. And all I have to do... Is go say, will you help me? <laughs> it was huge for me. Mm. It was like, this is my my go-to way of doing life. After mm. years of walking with Jesus, I still, I can fix this. Mm. So every time I go, there is something like that that is like overwhelmingly for me.
0: <laughs> mm. Oh, it's beautiful. But
1: it's a real spiritual practice
0: for me. That's good. Well, I mean, maybe just briefly, could you share with me a little bit about um, how you work with icons once you're done with them? Um, I mean, I know this is really important to a lot of people. I, I've never been able to, I've never really worked with the practice, but what is it you do when you're praying with an icon?
1: So well, I think people do different things depending on who they are and what the icon is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. One of my favorite icons is probably a favorite icon of many, many people. It's a, a 15th century Russian icon by Andrew Rublev called the, the Trinity,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or that. Abram's visitors. And it's three. Um, it represents the three visitors who came to Abram under the tree of Mamre in Genesis, as sort of a theophany. Here is the first manifestation of Trinity in Scripture, and. I have a big icon of the Trinity in my office. And I constantly look at it because it in it, it, uh, in an icon, the perspective comes towards you rather than away from you. And if you're looking at, at Rubelev's icon, you'll see that all of the um, all of the perspective comes towards you and there's a table. And the three visitors, Abrams visitors, are sitting around the table. He and Sarah are preparing the food for God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And here you have this table where God has prepared the food for you. Mm-hmm. And um, what they wear says something about, I mean, I, I could go into it, but you're not looking at it. And so <laughs> so I look at it and I, I have, so I'm going to do the perspective piece because what it says is there's the place at the table for you.
2: Mm.
1: this these holy three they all bend their heads towards each other they all hold the same staff of authority there is equality Mm. there is this lovely self-surrender between all three of them Mm. this um, unity that could by itself be completely enough Mm. but they've opened up the table and they've said come take your place there's room for you here we want to feed you. It's not about you always doing things to try to feed us. Mm. Not about what you do for us. Come and be here and join this wonderful dance, this wonderful community. Participate in the divine nature. Mm. That's how we participate. Mm. So that's how I read it, and I need that reminder.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I just look up. And rather than having to go read a scripture, this is the scripture that's right here mm. um, embodied for me. That's
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. a biblical story from Genesis embodied for me that says, You are created in God's image. Come participate. Mm. Thank
0: you. That's beautiful. So, with spending time with the picture, listening to what God might want to teach you from that, then taking these lessons and these reminders. Then when you see the painting, it's, ah, yes, I'm invited to participate.
1: It's a window. It's a window for prayer. It invites you in. And, you know, I, I showed you several of the icons. I could say a lot about them. So <laughs> I, I know for some people it's just too woo-woo. So I don't want to...
0: <laughs> well, I've never known. I, mean, I really like art. don't really understand it and never really know you know, what the right thing to do with it is, I guess. But that just makes a whole lot of sense to me that then the lessons that you're learning from that work, um, that seeing these in short, you know, just glancing at it or spending more time with it become teachable spaces.
1: At the beginning of every icon painting class, we go to Mass and they anoint our hands. Mm -hmm. And the priest puts um, oil on our hands and they say, I anoint your hands for every good work and for the painting, the rendering of this icon. Hmm. And I just think that the anointing of your hands for every good work
2: hmm.
1: and the rendering of the icon is not, not just the icon. <laughs> it's just a wonderful experience to go, okay. And, and everybody's icon looks different. Uh-huh. Everybody's icon looks the same. Because we all see the same things. <laughs> Which, isn't that the truth? We all see the same things differently. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. the kind of the creativity of God than to teach us what we need in that moment. Oh, I, I want Adele to come anoint my hands for me to go doodle. <laughs> <laughs> for
1: every good work and for doodling.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, this is really helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Adele
1: well
0: thank you i appreciate it nathan well there you have it again adele's book is coloring the psalms seeing god's patterns in our lives well have a uh have a wonderful week and i'll see you next monday